baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. In a city of over 8.7 million people, on any given night, somewhere between 60 and 80,000 people are said to be homeless. That's men, women, and children living in shelters or in some cases out on the streets. And the pandemic? That's only exposed the problem and perhaps brought thousands more New Yorkers to the edge of homelessness. Every time the mayor is being asked, he, he always, it's like a broken record going back and forth. We need to do more for these people. We need to offer more services. But what has he done in the last seven, eight months? Nothing. He's done BS, nothing. But lost in the latest headlines in the past week is a bill that passed the New York City Council that just might be the most dramatic piece of legislation to tackle homelessness in this city in a long, long while. So the piece of legislation that the council passed last week is a game changer. This week on 880 In-Depth, homelessness in New York City and new hope in a decades-old crisis on our streets. Our conversation with homeless advocate Christine Quinn. Tim Scheld from WCBS News Radio 880, and the issue of homelessness has been front and center in the race for mayor this year. We have to understand that we're never going to solve homelessness just with shelter. It's a problem of mental health. It's a problem of substance abuse. Tonight, 60,000 people, 30,000 our children, will sleep in some of the most dangerous shelters that I've audited, and nothing has changed. But something has changed. In fact, a lot has changed, which is why we wanted to get on the phone with Christine Quinn. You may remember she served as Speaker of the City Council for seven years and ran for mayor to succeed Michael Bloomberg, but came in third in a Democratic primary won by the current mayor, Bill de Blasio. Today, Christine Quinn runs a well-respected organization called WIN. WIN, or Women in Need, is New York's largest provider of shelter and services for homeless families and children. It serves over 1,900 families, including 2,700 children in 13 family shelters spread across the city. But the organization does much more, including work to get homeless people into more permanent housing and provide job training, which together transforms lives. Our Peter Haskell got on the phone with Christine Quinn to hear more about their work and this new council legislation that's predicted to be a game changer. Here's their conversation. Let's start with this. What impact has the pandemic had on homelessness? Well, the pandemic has been really uh, devastating in a lot of ways on New York City's homeless population. At Wynn, we're the largest provider of shelter and supportive housing to homeless women and children. We saw 25% of our working mothers lose their jobs because of the pandemic, you know, right away, right uh, off the board. So that has been terrible. 
Also, the children in shelter were promised equipment to use the day Zoom schooling started. They didn't get it for two weeks. So A, they started out late and behind, but B, Doing Zoom schooling is very, very challenging for anyone. Nonetheless, a homeless child who's in a shelter that isn't Wi-Fi. So that has had a devastating impact on homeless children's educational uh, uh, abilities and their educational status, uh, so to speak, uh, and really uh, set them back even further. And homeless children are behind educationally to begin with. Before we dig in too much on that, I just want to get your sense on this. I mean, is it fair to say there are two groups of homeless, the street homeless, many of whom are mentally ill, and then the economically depressed or, or distressed? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I would just, you know, add into the second category also domestic violence uh, survivors. But, but you know, that that's right. And it's important to understand the different categories of homeless people, because if you don't, you won't have the policies you need to help different kinds of homeless people. You know, 65 to 70 percent of the people in shelter are families with children. There's more children in shelter than there are seats at Barclays. If you don't know that, you're not going to put the right resources in place to help solve the problem. So take us through what has happened since the pandemic. You've got this this percentage of women with children who have lost their jobs. What happens to these folks who all of a sudden find themselves on the edge? Well, because during the pandemic, what we've seen is homeless people lose their jobs. We've seen a very uh, reduced rate of people moving out of shelter because there haven't been uh, any real apartments available and open to them because no one's moving or going, you know, anywhere because other people have lost their jobs and there there's nowhere to go. Um, so we've seen people really during these 14, 15 months be stuck. Uh, be stuck and not move anywhere, which is very obviously emotionally distressing. Now, thank God we've seen the governor put in place an eviction moratorium, which has prevented people from getting evicted. But I worry tremendously about what is going to happen and how many people will end up in shelter when the eviction moratorium is lifted. We've seen a lot of government funding for a lot of things. Is it appropriate for the government to step up and say, okay, the moratorium's lifted, we're going to help these families pay their rent so they're not out on the street? I think the government has to step up and help people who have used the eviction moratorium, help them pay their back rent, pay their arrears. We at Wynn have proposed something called a stay-at-home voucher, which would uh, create kind of exactly what it sounds like, a voucher that people could use to prevent themselves being evicted. Now, 
doing this, putting this cash on the table to prevent eviction is going to cost less than if you let all of these people get evicted and they end up in shelter. It seems like it's in the best interest of the city if people are not a homeless. I mean, I, I suspect that's obvious. With that said, what role do civic groups perhaps have to play? And certainly, how do nonprofits fit into this? So, um, you know, the, the, the effort to, I believe, uh, end homelessness in New York City and certainly support homeless people in New York City needs to be a full New Yorker team effort obviously the government at all levels. The city of New York is one of the only jurisdictions, uh, uh, you know, in the country that has a legal requirement that the homeless be housed. So not-for-profit organizations run the shelters that the city contracts, contracts and creates to meet that legal obligation. Civic groups, religious groups, youth groups, they can be enormously helpful companies in funding and bringing extra resources to the not-for-profits and the shelters, but also as volunteers. We have about 2,500 volunteers at WIN who do mentoring, um, uh, financial literacy, arts, dance, parties, birthday parties. So there is a role for everyone to play. The city council voted last week to increase subsidies for families that need it. What what do you think this is going to mean? So the piece of legislation that the council passed last week, which Wynn had been championing, uh, is a game changer. You know, people who uh, qualify for them, uh, who are in shelter for 90 days or more, get vouchers, kind of like coupons that will help pay their rent so they can get out of shelter. They pay 30 percent of the rent and then the voucher pays the rest. The uh, voucher amount for a family of four was one thousand five hundred and fifty eight dollars. Street Easy did a study for us. They found that there were zero neighborhoods where that amount of money was the average uh, median rent. And only about 564 units that were at that price level across the city. So basically, the voucher we were giving people wasn't worth the ink that was used to print it. It was, was totally useless. And, you know, worse than giving people no hope is giving them false hope. And that's what the vouchers were. Now, because of the legislation, the voucher is going to be about $2,200 a month. That's going to open up 25 neighborhoods and tens of thousands of new apartments. We believe it'll help 3,000 people move out of shelter in the first year. And because over time it'll reduce the number of people in hotels and shelter, we believe it could save the city over $100 million over five years. So the fact of the matter is, this is a very expensive city. Is this problem ever going to change or go away? 
this look, New York's an expensive city and, and a tough town. This problem can go away. This problem can be can be solved. This isn't, you know, a deadly disease we don't have a cure for. You know, we we know how uh, uh, to deal with addiction. We have we know how to treat mental health. We know how to support children. We know how to build houses and subsidize rent. We just have to decide we're going to do that. We're going to decide we're not just going to manage this. That we're going to end this. I want to turn to street homelessness now, and people clearly see it as a quality of life issue, not only for the people on the street, for the people who have to walk by them and pass them. It seems like there are a lot of street homeless who haven't wanted to go to shelters, but some were willing to go to hotels during the pandemic. What do we take from that, and how do we learn from that or build upon that? Well, you know, some of the folks who don't want to go to shelter are, are, are mentally ill, and, that, and that's an issue that, that we need to respond to with uh, uh, comprehensive quality services. I know from speaking to people when I've been part of the homeless count, people don't go to shelter because they're afraid. They're afraid of violence in the shelter, so we need to give more resources to the shelter providers so they can have more you know, security and security-related uh, cameras, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, you know, a hotel is obviously just a better quality of a place to stay than a shelter, so we also need to take from that that we probably need to raise the quality, so to speak, of the single shelters that are out there. In terms of providing the services, are the people who are out there who need the services, are they resistant to them, or do you think in a lot of cases they want them? Well, you know, some people are resistant, right? A lot of us know in our own lives you don't want to ask for help. You don't want to admit something's gone wrong. That's a kind of universal thing that human beings, some human beings have. Some folks are mentally ill, so they don't necessarily understand the depth of, of the the problem that they're in. But most folks know they, particularly if they have children, know they need help and want help. But they just want it to be in a safe and decent decent way. The mayor suggests that the street homeless population has gone down significantly. What's your feeling about that? I mean, I know the mayor said that. I I don't think the homeless count this year, given the pandemic, is any accurate reflection of what the numbers really are. And just in speaking about the pandemic, what, what did it expose about the problems and what did it expose about potential solutions? I think the pandemic exposed, among other things, just how many New Yorkers were living on the edge, just how many New Yorkers, just how many Americans were a paycheck away from, you know, eviction or not being able to pay for their medical bills. And it really showed that that was a reality while other companies and other CEOs were doing amazingly well how you know it showed how the american dream or the new york dream was not spread evenly and how that's something that has to be addressed and taken care of what should the either this mayor in his final months or what should the next mayor be doing to try to do better well first uh you know the next mayor needs 
to have a very aggressive jobs program and one that creates and facilitates jobs for people at all different levels of the employment you know, an educational spectrum. As I may have already said, 25% of the moms that win uh, uh, lost their job. Usually, well over 50% of the mothers that win are working. They're working, and they're in shelter. They can't pay the rent. There's something wrong with the economic makeup of our city when that is a reality, and that needs to be something that the next mayor takes on with both hands uh, uh, the moment he or she gets sworn in. Speaking about WIN, what do you think happens at WIN that can be replicated? Your population is specific, but what what can be learned from what you do? Well, you know, one of the things about WIN is that we raise private money, uh, foundation and corporate money, to pay for our job training, job placement program. We call it income building. That is not something where the city gives us money and resources, but it's a very critical service that we are able uh, to provide. I think that type of funding and that type of service should be a requirement in every uh, shelter out there. We we are coming out of this pandemic now. When you look forward, do you have concerns that things are getting worse? Or do you think that things will get better in terms of homelessness? Um, you know, I, I believe that uh, uh, things are going to get better as it relates to homelessness. I believe the next mayor, whoever that is, is going to have an opportunity to start over. Uh, an opportunity to to really try to change things. I think the issue of homelessness uh, has really needs more coverage, but has become more prominent in the media. Uh, and I think that's going to help us move the issue forward. Did you consider running for mayor? I did consider running for mayor. Um, I thought about it uh, quite a bit. It was a very... Uh, very tough decision, but I felt like I had made a commitment to win to the staff, to the board, to the families, and I felt like my uh, work at win was, was not done, that it just wasn't the right time. Christine, is there anything else that you want to add? That people should go to Win's website. It's WynNYC with two N's, and Make a donation, or we're moving back to in-person volunteering soon. A sign up to volunteer. Christine, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. No worries. Thank you very much. Take care and be safe. Bye. Our thanks to Christine Quinn and our Peter Haskell. 880 In-Depth is a production of WCBS News Radio 880. Find us wherever you get your audio. Just look for 880 In-Depth. Thank you for listening and be safe. Be 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.